And it just so happens that one of Vasquez's workshops and storage rooms is close to a clock tower outside of the main fold of the city. Okay, you know what? Here's my entire theory. I've been telling you guys this since the beginning. We got killer robots on the mannequins, I guess. Killer mannequins on the loose. And it's all because of a certain Vasquez creating them. And they're upset because I guarantee you Vasquez died in a way that he wasn't supposed to die. He was murdered. It wasn't an accident. It was disguised as an accident. No one's seen Mateo recently, from what my sources say. Vasquez himself taught the boy, and from what I've heard, he is actually quite intelligent. We don't have any hard evidence, which means we're going to have to find some. And then tomorrow evening, we make our move. Okay, listen, fine. From now on, just assume if there's any kind of trouble, it's probably because of me. Yeah, I've been operating under that assumption for a little while now. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Welcome back, foundlings. I am Quentin the GM, and you are listening to The Odd Campaign right now. We are on Season 3, Episode 26, and when last we left off, we were simply just with Snow as my only player. Meanwhile, I am all the other voices in your head, but Snow, please do introduce yourself. Well, I feel like I don't have to introduce myself because you said my name so many times already. Twice! Twice is a lot. It is a lot. It's more than one, That so is it's a lot. All right, so hi there. My name is Snow, and I play Snow in the podcast. Well, actually, my name is Emily, and I play Snow in the podcast, but you can call me Snow. <laughs> That's not confusing. I'm sorry. Anyway, Snow is the leader of the Odd Guild, alongside with her faithful wolf companion, Nachia, who is the king. That's right, Nachia. I will have you know that you said your name at least twice as much as I did. I know. I did it on purpose. So... When last we left off, we found your character accompanied by two other individuals being Draken and S as you were continuing the investigation of the murder of some of Don Terra's men. You have tracked a suspect to an abandoned warehouse, the suspect being the son of Dr. Vasquez, who is going by the name Mateo Vasquez, and you have found him in Vasquez's old abandoned workshop. Hmm, that's a lot of Vasquez. It's a lot of Vasquez. I'll probably change that description. <laughs> Point of the matter being, so when last we left off with the campaign, Snow was investigating a mysterious chain of murders which happened in this town of Erveldum, tracking the only suspect, Mateo Vasquez, to an abandoned warehouse which was previously owned by his father. You currently have found your way being able to enter it during the cover of Nightfall, you, Draken, and S have all found yourself now at the unlocked door of Vasquez's old warehouse. Uh, gee, I'm really quick. I just realized something. It is late at night, right? Yeah, it's dark. You waited till then. Okay, how are... Well, I'm a... I'm a elf, so I have low light vision. Sure. 
But what is the it's, lighting? It, it's not. It's not low light. It is dark. Oh, how am I able to see? It's a very good question. Very, very, um, like ah, poorly. <laughs> to be fair, though, I remember that Draken took Snow's hand as they were like leaving. Yeah. The other house. He did. And has he let go? No, he's been guiding. While he did the whole opening the door thing too, or did he let he go? He only needs one hand to do that. Okay. Uh, hey, Draken. Yeah. But before we go in, sure. Could could you let go of my hand, please? Depends. Can you see? I am an elf, sir. This is dark. This is not low light <sighs> vision. Am I allowed to put my necklace back on at least? Probably not. Why? Do you want to alert people to your presence? It, it makes me nervous not being able to see. Draken. Well, sure, but it makes me nervous having you stick out like a sore thumb in the middle of an investigation where we're trying to be inconspicuous. Well, why are you raising your voice? Stop. Okay, listen. Half of my kit is based around that. I literally... Most of my feats can't be used okay. unless I have my necklace I, on. Then... Do you have a cloak? A cape? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Doesn't the light go through your clothes? This is true. All I'm saying, before we enter in, let's determine. What is our purpose here? Are we attempting to apprehend him ourselves? Or are we just attempting to gain evidence? Snow thinks for a moment, and then she responds, I... I'm fine if we gather evidence, but if something does happen, I mean, hopefully I can at least talk with him and maybe we don't have any issues. I mean, technically right now we're breaking and entering and that might set him off. Normally I wouldn't be too happy with people if they were breaking into my home either. Well, I mean, I have a reason. And she holds out the necklace that Edith gave her. I was asked to check in on him. So you go through the password-protected back door? Yeah. You're right, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so, and? <laughs> I mean, clearly it must have been easy enough to get through because somebody was able to do it, only tempting it once. How did you know the passcode, by the way? I have an informant. Ah, I look at S. S just shrugs. He's full of it, isn't he? I look at the message. I don't know. Okay, I'm fine going in and sneaking around. I at least am able to do that much. Worst case scenario, if things start to go south, we can just leave. This is true. You ever heard of a tactical retreat? You don't have to stay in every bad situation you're ever put in. She leers at him. I'm aware of that. I'm actually the one who advocates for that with my group. Well, it's good. So at least you have some common sense. It explains why you're the guild leader. She doesn't know how to take that, because half the time Draken is making a passive-aggressive... It's not even passive-aggressive. It's half the time Draken is underhandedly insulting her. So she doesn't know if that's an actual compliment or just a straight insult. I feel like, the, I feel like what he said would be classified as an underhanded compliment. <laughs> it, but again, it feels like an insult, and he's, it, he's definitely insulting someone, but it's really hard and it's masked via a compliment. And also Snow is bad at compliments. She is really bad at taking compliments. Uh-huh. All right, then. Worst case scenario, I'll make sure we can all get out. Should I go in first, since I have more of a connection to Vasquez than you do? Hey, I'm just saying, if something, if he finds us and it happens to be me, I'm more likely to be able to talk my way out of a situation. After all, I am a bard, and I happen to be a little bit better with my words, Draken. If you want to talk your way through a situation, I would probably recommend going through the front, not the back door. 
What? There's a front? Did you not see the front door? There was a portico and everything. And here I thought you've been watching me this entire time. You would know that I have a terrible sense of direction. So what, you thought this was the front door? We're not going to talk about what I thought this was. To be fair, you were holding on to my hand, so... That's because I know you can't see very well right now. Why don't you... You can see? Yes. She looks him up and down. And what is your race? Human. Why are you able to see? He takes his finger and places it gently on his eye, and it seems to almost pinch something. Magically enchanted contact lenses. Snow looks at S again. He likes showing off, doesn't he? S just takes his finger and places it over his eye and shows magically enchanted contact lenses. Well, I have this necklace bracelet thing, and she holds up the uh, detect magic bracelet. Very nice. And what does that do for you? It detects magical items and Isn't artifacts. Isn't that a cantrip? Um, <coughs> it, she blushes, embarrassed. I'm aware, but it was really pretty. I'm more of a function over fashion kind of guy. She uh, does a sort of lower lip pout, but it's like, not really a pout, but it's more like a glearing pout. Hmm. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. All right. You're not going in first. Fine. Then you go in first. Oh, I'm not going and I'll in first. Go. I'm sending him in first. And he points to S. As, as he said that, she like started to point to the front entrance, or at least where she thinks the front is. Uh, okay. I mean, would you rather have a distraction? I don't know whether that's going to solve or create more problems. It could, indeed. Because creating a distraction is indicative that you are drawing individuals' attention which could be beneficial for us to be able to access specific areas. But then it means that you have their undivided attention, and I can only see that going poorly. Well... Think about this very carefully before you attract the attention of a psychopathic serial killer. Why would it... it listen, if his father, if he was adopted by Vasquez, and I have a connection to Vasquez, and I can kind of tell him a little bit about his father... Maybe I can establish a relationship. Relationships are important, Draken. Very important. So people keep telling me. And yet, here I am. And I feel like I've done pretty well for myself. Ah. See, this is why half of my guild hates you. Actually, no. All of my guild hates you. The only one that really tolerates you is me. You are free to do whatever you want. I sent S in. And uh, Draken points to basically anime style where an outline of s would be and it like flashes but he's no longer there i sent s in to go do a precursory search of the area she just looks at draken for a moment you don't happen to have the picture that i had luca drop off do you you have your connections and i would have thought that you're a guy who could definitely well be prepared for any situation he holds up his hand to kind of like gesture for you to stop talking he then puts his hand in his vest pocket and pulls out the picture can she try to swipe it from him? Like, as he pulls it out, like, really quick? You can attempt to roll sleight of hand. That's perfect. I can do that. 18 on my sleight of hand. Draken notices you reaching for the picture and quickly maneuvers his hand out of the way and holds the picture up higher than you can reach. How tall is he? He appears to be six foot six. Why? I don't know. Why is he so tall? I don't know. You should ask him. When did he become six foot six? Anyway, she uh, tried to reach for it. And she looks very frustrated. <sighs> Is this going to help you in some way? I mean, normally when you want to establish a connection with the unsub, she puts air quotes around that, 
You want to have a piece of their past or a connection to their past to develop a better relationship. Perfectly fine and well. I just don't know what your plan is. I also don't like you trying to swipe things from my hands, but nevertheless, here you go. And he hands you a picture. It is the same picture of Vasquez, his wife, and his six daughters. I realized I didn't put any ranks into S's skills today. <laughs> I was gonna roll still. Do you want to take a minute to do that? Nah, it's fine. Okay. She takes the picture. It's fine. I would like to hold on to this. If you think it would make it easier for you guys to gather information, I can 100% act as a distraction at the front. I open up the message. Seems as if you are included in a group message sent to both you and Draken. Okay. It is coming from S. There are multiple guards. They seem to be puppets, but they are positioned in ways that they have vision of all possible entrances. I have not been able to open a door in fear that they may notice me. Okay. What do you want to do, Draken? We can't very much get anything done without evidence. That meaning we can't in good conscience... Well, uh, what do we care? Why don't we just call the abjurers here? They don't really care about evidence. Well, I mean, it's up to you. Actually, it's up to you. I told you to take care of this murder investigation. <laughs> I'm only here because you said your guild's out of town, and I didn't want you to get in over your head. If you want to storm the place, feel free to, but I see no way getting around these guards... She starts to get somewhat annoyed. You asked us to do this because yeah. you wanted the Volcanium. Yeah. This is as much your quest as it is mine. If you want to defer to my decision, that's fine. Ooh, I don't like the way that sounds. Okay, so I'll give you an ultimatum. And you can take the easy road, which is generally how I like to do things, which is just make it someone else's problem. If we tip off the abjurers to where we believe the murderer to be, they will undoubtedly, knowing this authoritarian regime, go and squash this entire place with an absolutely massive unit, not even caring about the potential casualties. Whereas if we go in, we may be able to subvert any potential casualties, and more than likely, Mateo will come out unharmed, best case scenario, but we'd be putting ourselves at risk. Okay, I understand where you're coming from with that. More than likely, if we go in, we're going to get into a fight. This is true. Especially with you around, you start fights everywhere you go. Well, I'm more worried about you being noticed. I mean, of course I'm going to be noticed. Look at me. I mean, you're not glowing, so what is there really that's all that notable? Hold on, hold on, hold on. She's 100% offended by that. She takes the necklace back out and puts it on. How dare you? I mean, I guess you have an above-average strength score. <sighs> you know, why don't we just go talk to the lad at the front entrance and just see if anything is suspicious and then if it is a little wonky we could call the abjurers you can just watch me from behind i don't know works for me and you just see him typing out a message as he's walking back with you to the front of the entrance you like stand off to the side or something i don't know oh don't worry about me i know exactly what i'm doing you're gonna cast invisibility on yourself or an illusion to make it look like you're not there you have a better idea no i'm just saying i was asking actually yeah, that's exactly what I intend on doing. Very predictable. All right. Is it predictable because it's efficient? She ignores him. So she goes over to the entrance-looking door. Making your way back down by the side of the building up the same dirt path that you came through, you eventually hang a right, making your way back to the front entrance where you once again see that almost marble-esque portico which is hanging over and covering this front set of double wooden doors. 
She looks for like a knocker or something. And if there isn't anything, she'll probably knock on the door itself. There is no knocker on the door. It is just a set of double wooden doors with brass handles. Okay. She knocks on the door, rapping quietly at first to see if there's any response. As you take a moment to listen for any response, you find that there is no disturbance made by your rapping at the door. She knocks again louder, and she says out loud, Um, Mateo, if you're in there, uh, I'd like to speak with you. I was, uh, I would like to talk to you about Dr. Vasquez. With your utterance of the last word, the door begins to slowly creak open, as the only thing you are greeted by is darkness. But eventually, your eyes adjust, and as your necklace is on, it seems as if it is slowly beginning to regain its light, and there's a faint dim light reaching out from your person, and it seems to illuminate a rather tall figure. Humanoid, for certain, but even though it is dressed in cloth, you can still see that it appears to be made of metal. She smiles a little nervously. Uh, I'm assuming you're not Mateo. Is he home? Roll a perception check. Sure. 27. You see a hulking and rather intimidating figure stand before you. It seems to be something akin to an animatronic mannequin. A mixture of engineering and craftsmanship make this metal and wood robot come to life, and it is seemingly dressed as a butler. Uh, could I roll knowledge engineering to, or like whatever knowledge it would be to learn a little bit more or see if I could glean more information about this thing, maybe if it has weaknesses. Sure. I like that. Fifteen. The only thing that you are able to tell is that, due to its hard exterior, getting into the combat with this would be immensely difficult, as weaknesses it may not have many of, but resistances and immunity, you fear that this may be a daunting challenge if there are more than one of them. She continues to smile as she waits. After but a moment, the butler does eventually take a step back from the door and seemingly gesture for you to come in. She slowly walks in, a little nervous. Can she see? Uh, I mean, obviously, if Draken's already made himself invisible, does she sense his presence anywhere? How would you be sensing his presence? Detect magic. You may cast detect magic. How does that work with the necklace anklet thing or bracelet? Uh, it seems to have a faint blue light. Okay. Okay. I don't know if that's because of my own necklace or... Uh, she walks in again nervously. Okay. You look very nice in that uniform, outfit, thing. The robot kind of just slowly nods as you hear a creak and turning of a gear. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. He gestures. She walks following the gesture. As your eyes adjust, you can see that the entire place seems dark. It would seems as if there may be light fixtures installed, but none of them are currently operating. But I will say that what you can see is indicative that the grandeur of the inside of this workshop does not disappoint. For, after having walked around the perimeter of the building, you can see that the majority of the space that this building houses must be dedicated to this front entrance. In fact, the open space before you stretches well further beyond than what your light source is able to provide, and you cannot even see the edges or the boundaries. She looks around, still a bit nervously. All right, roll a perception check for me. Sure. Thirty. Peering through the shadows carefully, it seems as if the interior 
is well-decorated and well-furnished, complete with lavish darkwood sidings and a sprawling whole-floor encompassing red carpet and multiple rows of dozens of seats. And as you delve further into the interior, you begin to hear a faint low-frequency humming, and it seems as if there's even a dim light emanating from the ceiling above. Huh. Would I know from the knowledge that I rolled that this puppet would not have the ability to speak, or no? You have no idea if this thing can speak or not. Okay. Sounds good. Huh. Is this a theater of some kind? Uh, Like a community theater? She says out loud. The robot just slowly nods and gestures forward. She continues to walk. Following the robot up towards the back of the interior of this building, eventually you do find, within the reach of your light, a stage. No curtain, no props, but just an old, worn stage, possibly made out of repurposed materials. And as you get to the front, the robot just takes a seat in one of the chairs. Uh, she looks at the robot. Should I sit down as well, or... And she just kind of leaves it at that. The robot seems to tilt its head, and you can see as its glowing blue eyes just stare blankly at you and blink. Uh, Mateo, are you here? Okay, I guess I will take a seat in the front row, close enough to the robot. All right. And how long would you wait here? Um. It seems as if time passes on and nothing changes. You are getting acquainted to your atmosphere, and there is still that droning low-frequency hum in the background, which seems to make everything blend together. Snow just looks at the robot. The mannequin seems to turn his head and look at you. Is it okay if I look around here to find him? The robot just slowly begins to shake his head, and it seems as if he says no. Okay. She thinks for a moment. Um... Could I go up on the stage and dance? The robot pauses, and for a moment you do not get a response, but it would appear as if, somehow, intellectually, this robot is in deep thought. Until eventually, he nods, and seems to gesture for you to go ahead. Alright, well, I don't really have anything to accompany me, but while we wait, I guess I can dance for you. So she'll start making her way up towards the stage. Right. After getting up on the stage, you can see that this is a relatively large stage, but there does not seem to be a differentiation between stage front and stage back. There is no dividing curtain, and the only things that are noticeable are the fact that there are two doors leading on either side of the stage, on both your left and right-hand side. And other than that, as previously mentioned, this seems like old, worn-down wood, and without a shadow of a doubt, it is terribly stained, though some of these stains are more recent than others. Uh, also, where is Nichia in all this? I know he's probably been falling behind. Was he allowed to get up on the stage, or...? Yeah, without, without a problem. The puppet has seemed to have no issue with your animal companion. Okay. Um, so I would like to start a just a regular performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you may roll your perform dance, presumably. Yep. Go ahead and roll your check. 26 on my dance. And then would I be able to, would I be able to almost like, if there's no accompaniment, would I be able to also sing for a rhythm or not? Nah? Because I do have performance of singing as well. Or sh- uh, singing and dancing sounds like it's very difficult to do at the same time. No. 
Well, it depends on what kind of dance you're doing, I would imagine. Yeah, it does. Um, she starts to feel a little awkward not having a company. Don't you have a spell that, like, accompanies you with music? Snow did not take that. Snow's focus on spells was for combat. It's I'll, a yes I'll, or no. I'll, I'll, I'll let you roll it. Can I take ten? <laughs> no. Really? On singing? Dang it. Uh, me, me, me. Unless you have the bardic ability that says you may always take ten. Okay, well, that was a really bad roll. But it's an eight total for my sing. I, I choke a little bit on my own words. <laughs> the dancing does seem to make it significantly more difficult. Um, I, I'm doing a very um, the embellished dance, dance. The dance is quite graceful and very beautiful, but the singing, instead of complimenting, seems to more so detract from the performance. But nevertheless, after about your five-minute performance of song and dance, the robot seems to stand up and clap, and it appears as if there's another robot sitting in a row further back, and it also does the same. There's a single tear that runs down Snow's cheek. She's like, I've actually never been complimented on my performance. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and she bows. And it seems as if the one robot in the front row goes over to his right, your left, okay, and walks over to the room which is adjacent to the stage. The stage doesn't jut out from the wall, but rather it seems to recede into it. So there is presumably two rooms to either side of the stage, and it appears as if the robot is walking to one, and it sounds as if he knocks on a door. Roll perception, for it is still a little dark and difficult to see. Twenty-one. From around this corner, it would appear as if the robot returns, and in fact, he is followed by two other robots. So you now have an audience as they all sit down in a chair. Oh, yeah, this is great. And he gestures, almost as if to say, you may begin. Again? Okay. All right. Ah, she raises her hand. One moment, I think... I need a water break for a second, if you wouldn't mind. And she does a quick bow, and then she goes into her inventory. Um, the robot nods agreeably. Okay. Um, and while she's getting, like, the water, like, looking in through her inventory, she's actually going to message Drake and Ernest in the group chat. The robot, after hearing you say that you wish to take a water break, sees you standing there and gesturing at the air and tilts its head in a confused manner. She just messages <laughs> really, like, quickly. What happening? What happened? And then she pulls out, like... Who are you messaging? Drake and Ernest in the group chat. What happening? And she, while she, like, at the end of that, she makes the water basically magically appear from her rations. Poof. And she does, like, a, you know, like, the Avatar Aang thing, like, da-da! One of the robots in the center uh, of the audience stands up and starts clapping very vigorously <laughs> until eventually all the other robots seemingly scold it and tell it to sit back down. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. She she swipes down and, at, like, as she takes the drink, the water really quickly, like, chugs it, swipes down to open and back up the inventory. Full sleight of hand. Okay. As you now have an audience. Twelve. Okay. You're able to pull up the message, and it would appear as if it is from S. Mm-hmm. There are still puppets back here. Ah, shoot. She doesn't respond, though. Well, I don't know what you're... Well, no, I do know what you're doing. You're dancing, like around about on the stage, but it seems like you've gathered quite a crowd. Keep this up, and he, you might be able to summon an entire army of these things. <laughs> okay. All right. She basically swipes back up, almost like coming out from a bow, basically, and then we'll do another performance. Sure. Okay. 
roll again. I will try, GM. And don't disappoint them. Stop. <laughs> Why would you curse me like that? What do you mean? I didn't roll well. Oh, no. What was your roll? 17. It was a two on my roll. But 17 is still a you, good roll. You dance an adequate performance. Not nearly as wonderful as your last one, but still respectable. And nevertheless, all of the robots stand up and seem to give you a standing ovation and begin clapping. And after which, one of the robots seems to exit and go back to the same back room. <laughs> the same door to his right, your left. And it sounds as if you hear multiple doors opening and closing. Rising concern from the player. Okay. Snow just smiles as she finishes the dance. And she kind of says out loud, You all must be very lonely here. One of the robots seemingly just tilts its head, but the other two robots slowly and seemingly somberly nod. Ah, well, she walks over to the edge of the stage and sits down for a second. I, uh, I did hear about what happened to, at least a little bit about what happened to Dr. Vasquez. I was looking for him for a very long time. It's kind of unfortunate. And with that... All of the robots, their eyes seem to, like, half-shuttered down on their eyelids, and they all slowly and somberly nod, seeming as if almost as if their shoulders have sunk low, and their posture changes. As you're speaking to your adoring crowd, it appears as if you hear some sort of disturbance in the background. A human voice, the first one you've heard in some time. And then you hear, once again... A series of doors opening and closing and somewhat hurried footsteps. Until eventually, rounding the same corner, you see presumably the robot that left, followed by yet another puppet and a man. Okay, can I perception check him? Sure. 31. You see a man of about average height, which is quite refreshing, seeing as everyone you've been encountering recently has been alarmingly tall. Man, this is the sizest group of people I've been with. It really is, but this man seems to be maybe around about five foot eight, similar to Wilson or Clyde's height, some of the more shorter individuals you know. He seems to be very well-dressed. He has a slightly tanner skin tone than what you are used to seeing around here, and he seems to have messy black hair. Though his clothes appear to be of high quality, they do seem to be disheveled and marred, dirtied over usage, even though the garments themselves are of high quality. It seems as if he is wearing an overcoat, a vest, and an undershirt, but all of it is disheveled and unkempt. Snow quietly stares with a uh, sort of half, like a half-smile kind of sad look. And she just waits. As you are on looking this individual, as he's rounding the corner, it seems as if he is overwhelmed with a series of emotions. First, it is a quizzical look on his face, accompanied by shock, surprised to see anyone here, and then it seems as if it is almost immediately replaced with excitement. Buenos noches, mi señora. Uh, buenos noches, señor. Está excelente. Su hablas español. Uh, yo no hablo español. Oh. Y, y, y parlo... No, wait, hold on. She pauses. No. <laughs> almost speaks French. <laughs> Actually, no, I almost said it in Italian. Uh, yo hablo inglés. This is fine. This is no problem. But it is wonderful to see you here. Yes. Well, I'm 
Assuming that you are Mateo? I mean, one of these robots could be Mateo, but... <laughs> no. Indeed, I am Mateo. Um... What is it that brings you here to my papa's workshop? Well, actually, it was in regards to your father. You see, I was looking for him for a very long time, and, well, it seems when I finally thought I found him, I... I do regret <sighs> to inform you that your search may have been in vain, or... He has passed. His excitement has been replaced with a somber and almost aggravated tone. She smiles somberly back. Yes, I'm sorry for your loss. I actually didn't know that Dr. Vasquez had a son. I only knew that he had daughters. Once again, it seems as if Mateo's expression changes, as if it returns back to that quizzical state which you found it before. With a furrowed brow, you hear him say, Disculpame. I do believe that uh, I am an only child, senora. Perhaps you have found the wrong Vasquez, though he is the only one I have ever heard of. She pauses for a moment, and then she says, Well, perhaps you can correct me if I'm wrong, and she pulls out the picture. I was assuming this is the man who raised you, and she holds it out while sitting on the stage. He cautiously walks up, to meet you, and you get a much closer look at the individual. But the two robots that were with him do not stand very far behind him, and they seem to have almost a protective posture over the lad, staring not at him, but almost exclusively at you. He takes the picture from your hand. See, si, this is my padre. Pero I have never seen these other persons, nor has Papa ever mentioned anyone else. Hmm. Well, this is from his old home at a place called Yenamut. I don't know if he ever talked about it or where he was from originally. Well, to explain, I'm not from here, this city in this wilderness. I come from very far away. As many have in the past, including me papa. He mentioned once that he lived another life in another town, but he said that it was very painful to think about. He said that it was a dark and tragic memory that he did not want to recall. Yes. Well, you see, I am just trying to figure out what happened there. I am kind of on a sort of quest for that knowledge and information, pieces of it at least, mainly because I recently became the Duchess of the land that he is from. As you mention your title to him, you see him grimace, and you can almost swear that you audibly hear a as he tisks slightly. But I also seek justice for things that have been done unjustly, which is part of the reason why I'm trying to find out what happened. Not only there, but what happened here. I've heard some things, but not all of the pieces are adding up. Standing more upright and less cautiously, but more almost aggressively, Mateo's posture changes slightly as it shifts forward some. Not so much as to be menacing towards you, but just expressing his aggravated state overall as he says, Unfortunately, Senora, my padre was taken from us, and I do not believe he will be able to help anyone ever again. I see. She looks at him. If it is justice that you seek, perhaps I can assist you with that. 
She smiles. I am very interested in this. And she looks at him. How are you feeling? I am overwhelmed by a sense of sadness and anger. It is what drives me and what keeps me up at night. Much like you, I seek justice for my padre, for mi papa. And he kind of clenches a fist close to his heart as he somberly looks down, and it appears as if he's holding something in his hand, something that may be wrapped around a necklace of sorts. Is he close enough that she could reach him? Absolutely. He was at the distance in which he took the uh, picture from you. He had not backed up at all. She slowly reaches out as if to offer comfort, and she basically waits to see if he stops her or if anybody stops her. He does not. It does not appear as if Mateo himself is stopping you, for he seems to be preoccupied with his thoughts. But as you go to reach towards him, it seems as if all of the robots somewhat lean further in, even the ones who are more relaxed sitting in the audience seats. They seem to almost take a defensive posture leaning towards you. Okay. She keeps an eye on her surroundings, but she continues to slowly just reach forward, and then she she's sitting on the stage, so she's a little higher than him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You could put your hand on his shoulder if you want Actually, she was going to put her hand on his head as if to, like... The stage is about a foot or two off the ground. Okay, so I'm not that much higher. So I would probably... If, I was saying I was going to reach for his head because I'm like, I can't reach his shoulder. You could easily reach his shoulder from this position. Okay. She reaches out and she puts her hand on his shoulder. As you do so, he almost instinctually shirks back, bringing his arm up to his eyes. It seems as if he briskly wipes away tears before redirecting his gaze at you. Pardon me, senora. So, is there something that has brought you here today? More than your venture to seek for your answers and for me, papa. Well, as I was doing my research on Dr. Vasquez, I was asked to also check in on you, and she pulls out the necklace that Edith gave her. Your lady friend. Mm, <laughs> lady all. friend. She pauses and, like, she's kind of, like, she's, she doesn't know how else to word that. She's like, the older woman outside. She kind of blushes as she realizes how she said that. Taking no offense and actually finding your mistake somewhat humorous, Mateo chuckles slightly. <laughs> See, Edith has always been a very kind woman, and I am very grateful to her. Pero there are too many memories, and I fear until my father is avenged, I will not have a sense of closure. Sadly, I am no closer to understanding or avenging his loss than I was when I started. She looks at him and smiles again. Mateo. Can you tell me what happened, what actually happened to Dr. Vasquez? At least, what you've heard or know. I don't trust the information I've received here. All I know is what I saw that day. And from that, I have been attempting to make more sense of what came to pass. It all started one morning. Not any different from any other. Me and me papa were at the shop in the main city. That is where our house is. This workshop is merely where we do some of our tinkering and make some of our experiments. But uh, a lot of our main work and sales happen back inside the city. It was an average morning. We woke up as we always do. 
right around 9 a.m., take a more relaxed start to the day. Things had been difficult recently, and I had known this. That is why I was attempting to help out around the store when there was an individual who stopped by, a man in a black coat. I had not seen him before, but he seemed to have been acquainted with my father. Can you tell me what he looked like? He was a large gentleman. Uh, he had a wide face about him, very rough features. He seemed as if he was very strong, and he spoke in a very demanding voice to my father. It seemed as if he had a, an accent of sorts, but my father, after seeing the individual, told me to go wait in the back for a moment that I was not needed and this conversation would be brief. But from what I overheard, which was not hard, there was a disagreement. Their voices were raised and they were shouting at one another. But all I caught from the end of it is that the mysterious man was demanding that my father work late at the mines on his next shift. For you see, there is not much need of our puppets. It is more so a thing that my father does for entertainment and for pleasure. He says it is an old practice, something that he's been doing for quite some time, and it is something that helped him find peace, and he hoped it would help me as well. But as it is very difficult to keep a store open that does not do well in sales, both he and I have been working, and he has been working in the mines for Don Terra's organization. So you weren't there when it happened? I have been assisting at the local college in the Department of Education. My father was called for an extra shift over time. He was not eager about his position that he was being placed in. It seemed as if he foresaw a potential, uh, how would you say, um, deformment in the structure of the mine. He did not believe it was safe, but against his warnings, the mining continued. And it was at that time that I did not see me papa again. He went out that night and he never came back. From what I was told, it was a mining collapse. She nods. I see. That is similar to what I have heard. So, let me ask you this. Now that Vasquez, Dr. Vasquez, your father has passed on, how are you going to fill his shoes? I heard you are quite intelligent. I do not believe that as I am, I could ever fill my father's shoes. That is quite a legacy to live up to. He was such a kind man, such a selfless man. Right now, I cannot be bothered with that daunting task, at least not until I avenge my father. For while my story seems straightforward, there are still unanswered questions. What are those unanswered questions? My father was a well-known and relatively respected man. So if this is the case, why would he be sent down to the mines? Why, after his warnings, would the mining continue? And who was it? Who is that man that day? And was it him or a higher power that forced my father to walk into his own death trap? Do not get me wrong. I was there 
and I helped bury my father. But before that day, I feel like someone buried him long before. Mateo, I want to help you, but listen to me. Now is not the time for the revenge. You need power, and you need backing. I'd like to offer to you... You can continue. I'm just letting you know that you got a message. (laughs) (laughs) She continues. That's fine. You may continue. She can't do... She's like... She doesn't have good sleight of hand. She is completely aware of this, so she's not even going to try. She just pauses. I would like to offer you, as a duchess, my backing, but... I can only do so if you come with me, away from this place. While I find your offer intriguing, you must understand my apprehension. There are a lot of very intelligent individuals in this town. They are cunning. Do not be mistaken. There are more snakes in this city than what live in the sewers. Ah, I get that. (laughs) Sorry, that was me out of character. But she does, she snickers a little bit. I am saying this for how can I trust you? How do I know that this is not a handshake to hide a dagger? If I leave this place where I am, how do I know that what happened to my father will not happen to me? She looks him in the eyes. I can say for myself that, as I said, I seek justice and I seek truth. I can only speak for myself. And if you do not trust me, I can understand that. We've only just met, but she looks him in the eyes knowingly. I ask you to be careful about your actions. I can't protect you in this place. I have interest in your abilities. You see, you're not the only one trying to seek justice and knowledge, and I think that we could have a mutually beneficial relationship. I've said my piece, and she pauses. And she just thinks, shoot, I don't have a... She's trying to think really quick on her feet. Um, If she stops herself again, trying to think, I do not know this place very well. I only came here not that long ago. I've had to make some connections in order to get anything. But if you're interested in this offer, we should meet somewhere. Maybe outside of the city, if possible. Somewhere where prying ears cannot be. As you speak of such a place, I feel as if you may already be there. For this workshop was, after all, designed by my father. And, though kind, my father was a very cautious man. Pero, if you would like, there is a location outside of the outskirts, well beyond the reach of the abjurers. It is an abandoned trapper's cave. It is a midway point in between us and the forest. It is a point where there is limited human contact. Mi papa would take me there when there were experiments too rambunctious and troublesome to be tested in our facilities. It is vacant as far as my knowledge serves, but there are some natives who happened to traverse around the area, so if we were to meet, we should do so cautiously. But at the very least, we would not have to deal with the town of Erveldom, for they would not dare go 
so deep into the forest. She nods. And he seems to turn and he gestures for you to follow him. Okay, can I sense motive? Sure. 17. It seems as if he is offering to guide you. He seems peaceable and agreeable with you. And it seems as if he just would like to show you somewhere. Okay. She hops down from the stage and she says, I can't stay too long, but I'm happy to finish this conversation in a moment. But I would like to make a suggestion to you. Whatever your next actions are, you need to avoid directing it or directing the attention towards yourself. You're going to be heading into dangerous water. And then she looks at the robots. I'm assuming Dr. Vasquez made you to protect him. And if not, your emotions say otherwise, that your desire is to protect him. All the robots, some of which who were not facing you as they were kind of following after Mateo, who has moved somewhat towards the back door once again, all of the robots turn. They look at you for a moment, but then they nod. And she just says, uh, finalizes before following after where he gestures by saying a really weird phrasing of it, but she she basically says, stay your wrath. Basically, it means don't, don't act. Don't do anything else. Speaking from a decent distance, it is seeing as he is effectively on the other side of the stage by this point, almost making his way to the stage back door. If that is your wish, but I must ask, what then are you planning? I know what I have been doing, and I know the plans that I have, yet I know nothing of yours. I do not like this society that you live in. Ah, get in line. <laughs> there are no shortage, though if you are thinking of starting a rebellion, it is not recommended. No, but... An invasion then, perhaps? No, we could get you into a place of power here. Make <laughs> changes from within. I find that... Immensely unlikely. It is difficult, but Impossible. it is possible. Hardly. It is possible. That is why I'm asking for you, eventually, when you feel that it is right, to come back with me to Vasquez's home, to meet the Queen. As far as I am concerned, I am at Vasquez's home. I know not which of this land you speak of, but I assure you that whatever was there... He had come to peace with and has left behind. As far as me achieving a seat of power, if you perceive it to be in this society, then I regret to inform you, but you are more ignorant and foolish than you know. Perhaps. Like I said. Uh, she uh, I'm getting yelled at. I know I'm getting yelled at, and I don't want to look, and she doesn't want to look at all. <laughs> She's trying, okay? She is trying to establish a relationship, and she's playing it, and she's like, well, leave me alone. I know, I only have so much power, but I'm not lying about most of it. Actually, I'm really not even lying, because she does believe that she could potentially get him at a higher place with some manipulation. Um, if you wish to meet up, like I said, there is no better place than here. Pero, if you follow me, I will provide for you a map to the alternate location. You may address me by letter, if you wish, sending it to this address, or to my father's shop inside the city. She was following after where he was gesturing. So, as you are conversating with him, you follow him to the backstage room. And upon entering, 
you see an absolutely massive contraption. Directly to your left, as you walk in, you see this immense hulking mechanism seemingly taking up the majority of this relatively large room, but this structure is about four times your size, and it seems to be a metal device with various prongs and panels, but it seems to be arcing electricity, and it seems to be at least a source of where you were hearing that faint humming before, and it does likewise emit a dim glow, somewhat similar to that which you saw dangling in the ceiling in the main theater house. Um, can I roll knowledge engineering? Sure. Is that the proper one? Absolutely. 26. Noise. This device is undoubtedly some form of generator. It seems to be some form of electric charging device, something that may very well be powering uh, a large portion of the facility. Though your intuition tells you, due to the fact that you have seen a number of them, that it may not be perfectly refined, and in order to power everything to its fullest potential, that these devices are spread out throughout the building, and that, that it is what provides power to not only the building, but as you take a deeper look, it seems as if the arcs seem to almost be stretching towards the puppets as well, as if just by being near them, the puppets are empowered and recharged. Snow would like to sleight of hand to open up her messages. Okay. Can I or no? Yeah, you may. Or am I? I know I'm surrounded. Listen. Well, he, he is leading the way, so he is very much in front of you at this point, right? Yeah. So you are behind him, so you mean he's not actively looking at you if that's your goal. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah, you're able to open your messages. Okay. She just keeps it open on the side as she's walking. You see that you have received <laughs> um, a number of messages from Draken uh, and a most recent message from S. <gasps> uh-huh. I'm reading. I'm looking through as quickly as I can. Um... We're just going to skip past the Draken messages for now. Um, Did he... Is he mad at her? He is... (laughs) He has choice words. But (sighs) the one that strikes your eye immediately is the one from S, as you are just glancing for a brief moment, and it is the one which is all the way at the bottom, so it's the most recent one that pops up. Mm -hmm. Infiltrated study. Secured evidence. Leaving shortly. Okay. And it seems as if he sent that just a few seconds ago. As you are currently following the two puppets and Mateo, who is currently leading you to what appears to be a back room. She stops for a moment and looks at the generator. Mateo. See. Did Vasquez build all of this? Or did you help him? It was me, Papa, who came up with a large amount of the ideas. But I assisted with some of the assembly. We still have a large number of the schematics. And over time... I assisted in manufacturing improvements for a large portion of his projects. And do you think you can replicate these? Most undoubtedly, if I was given the proper materials and resources. She smiles. Very interesting. You and another friend of mine would probably get along very well. As you are walking down the hallway, roll a perception check. Sure. 32. Coming from behind you, almost seeming to emanate from the wall, you feel a cold chill, and almost as if something gently brushed up against your back, and then it seems to draft 
coming from your left-hand side and heading towards the right, which is the outside wall of the building. Okay. She is assuming this is either probably S notifying her that, or like, that he got out, basically. After coming around the bend of this long hallway, you see that there was another puppet situated in the corner, and one all the way down at the long hallway. You see that this is apparently the back of the building, as you see the same door uh, that you, at the beginning of this episode, almost entered into, (laughs) and that there would have been two puppets on either side of this long hallway effectively facing this door, and you are entering into what appears to be, as you hear a key enter the doorknob, the locked study of Mateo, as he enters, then followed by his two puppets. Okay. Please, pardon me for a moment, and wait out here. She laughs. Don't be shy. Sometimes girls don't mind a messy room. There is a puppet standing outside of the door accompanying you, but he is preventing you from coming in. Okay. You ca- the door is still open, however, and you can vaguely see in between the cracks of this puppet and maneuver your way around to get a peek into this room. Okay. She looks at the puppet. Do you have a name? The robot slowly nods. Can I perception check the room? Sure. Peeking around. 21. Peeking around the robot, you see a disheveled and unkempt room. There seem to be areas which are somewhat upkept, but they are nonetheless immensely messy. There does not seem to be very good organization. There are papers scattered all around the place, as well as scrolls and pens. There are numerous books strewn across the floor, and there are stacks and piles of things, and even a bowl of scrolls just laying on the other side of the door. You hear as if it appears that Mateo has unfurled something and is currently writing on it. Snow pulls the rubber ducky out of her inventory. Okay. (laughs) The puppet watching you tilts its head curiously. She, She offers it to the puppet. The puppet outstretches his hand and pokes it with its index finger. And as he does so, the rubber duck kind of squeaks. And he kind of shrinks away quite suddenly until he holds out his palm. Is this one Carl? Shoot! I thought the crane was Carl. I don't know which one is Wasn't which Wasn't this anymore. one Charles? Charles and Carl? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, we got this. Um, she says, this is Charles, and she puts Charles in his hand. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> what the heck? The robot receives the duck and seems to hold it up to his face. Charles. They can speak! I have discovered it. Charles is very cute. And Charles is also really good to talk to if you're lonely. Lonely. And he kind of just strokes the duck with his other hand. And it seems as if his eyelids partially close and his head somewhat sinks. Oh Oh my gosh, I'm waiting for a message from Drake and like freaking, you gave my duck to a robot? Um, yeah, I just imagine him freaking out about this. But I'm just like, hmm. And so what is your name? He kind of looks at you and tilts his head, somewhat confused. Charles. Your name is Charles, too? She gets really way too excited about this and kind of loses the demeanor that she's been carrying. Uh, Well, Charles, it's Charles. Well, how about Charles the second? Charles the second? 27th. Uh, Mateo? See. Did you know all of your robots are called Charles? Signora, 
None of the puppets particularly have names. This is the 27th puppet that you are speaking to. This is Charles the 27th, Mateo. I do not know where the robot would have perceived it was assigned a name. Perhaps it was something you said. And she he gestures hands you, to the duck. And he hands you a scroll. Does he see the duck? No, he doesn't see the duck. But he hands you a scroll. Okay, she receives it. It's okay, Charles. You can keep Charles. And the robot kind of just brings his hands in close to his heart and just continues to stroke the duck. Take good care of him now, okay? The robot nods. Mateo, you really... <sighs> Mateo, everything deserves a name. Names give life. They give power. And they give purpose. What purpose does your name give? Mi papa always said that my name was indicative of a gift. He said that when he was at his lowest, much like I was at mine, he found me. And I was a gift. And in turn, he gave me one too. He gave me the gift of opportunity and the gift to have a proper family. She nods. Don't forget that. Because the truth is, even if revenge is what we seek, forgetting the purpose of our name... We get lost, and we fall into deep oblivion. Trust me, I will never forget the gift that my father has given me. I will always hold it close to my heart. And once again, he clenches at something, seemingly. With his right hand, he makes a fist around his heart. She makes note of it, and she says, Was that something that belonged to him? It was indeed me, papas. And he passed it down to me. Can I see it? Perhaps... Another time. She, um, frowns a little bit. And she says, Well, if you're ever curious if something like that could be very special. She raises up her wrist with the blue, um, stone on it. This can sometimes tell us. Do you outstretch it towards him? Um, she holds it still close to her, but she moves it a little closer to his direction. You see, as it moves closer towards Mateo, the flame inside seems to grow brighter. I do believe you spoke that you could not stay here long, and that you had somewhere you must be. For now, I guess I will be seeing you. And he kind of nods after handing you the scroll. She smiles. You're right. I lost track of time. I enjoyed this conversation. It was nice. And I hope to see you again. Indeed. Please, be careful. Undoubtedly, I will. And you the same. I hope to be hearing again from you shortly. She smiles. He nods, and he gestures you onward towards the exit. Okay. She makes her way towards the exit. All right. You begin making your way towards the exit, and it what appears if you hear footsteps following behind you. Do they sound metallic or heavy, like wooden? Roll a perception check. Sure. It is an 18 total. Most undoubtedly, even quite simplistically, it is easy to tell that what it is following you does appear to be one of the puppets. Is it Charles? It is 27th. It is indeed Charles. (gasps) I love Charles. It seems as if he is escorting you out, but you do not see Mateo. Okay. Snow looks at Charles as she walks out, and she says to him, please, whatever you do, help him make the best decision for his future. Listen, she's just saying this because she doesn't know who's listening and whatever. Listen, I don't care if robots can't reason, I'll say it anyway. You say this as you are at the door, and he's kind of like holding it open as you have almost walked outside at this point. These are some of the final words you leave 
with Charles the Seventh. Twenty-seven? Thank you. Good day. And he closes the door. <gasps> okay. <gasps> All right. <gasps> Heart attack. She, she just starts to walk away. And then she walks over to a building and ducks behind the corner and then looks at her messages. As you are attempting to um, peer through the myriad of bombardments which you have recently received after you have ducked behind this building, you almost got a chance to scroll through all of them and begin to read them. But almost as you begin, you immediately get accosted. What in the world was any of that? I hope all of that was a lie. I mean, I don't know. You need to check your messages more. You should just be lucky that S was able to get some form of evidence which we can bring in and get the abjurers down here immediately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She, she's just, like, wide-eyed, like... He walks up very close to you. Yep, okay. You're not planning anything, are you? I feel bad for him, but... Sure, you can feel bad for the orphan whose father just died, but that doesn't excuse him to go on a murderous rampage where he's led to the death of three others. Okay, I understand that. I'm not excusing any of it, but I'm also saying, this culture sucks. And what do you intend on doing about it? Because it sounded like you wanted to have some form of insurrection. She pauses. That, uh, no, no, you are pausing far too long, and you are thinking about that far too genuinely. Uh, why, why do... Okay, Dragon, I was a distraction, was I not? Did S get the stuff he needed? Yes. Did I develop rapport? Yes. Will I be able to stand in front of that man? No. <laughs> as long as we're all on the same page, as far as I'm concerned, your job here is done. You're free to do as you please. Congratulations, Snow. You solved the case. <sighs> Doesn't feel like I did. Feels more like I'm being accosted verbally by somebody, constantly. That doesn't even sound like a compliment. And I don't, like, <sighs> never mind, Draken. Pretty much as he was done saying what he was done saying, he was basically walking away at that point, walking down the streets. Oh, he leaves her? He's walking away. Do you follow after him? No, she's standing there. She's actually more like talking to herself. She didn't real. I, I feel like she wasn't really paying attention, like, paying attention like it was the snarky eyes closed, like, me, 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 that kind of thing. As you open your eyes, you come to the realization that you could quite possibly be alone uh. if it was not for an Achia standing by your side. Oh. Achia looks left, looks right, sniffs around, kind of lays and pouts on the ground. Oh. And it's at this moment Snow realizes she's very much alone right now, and it makes her sad. After about a moment, you see someone poke their head around the corner. She climbs onto Nichia's back. Are you lost? You're just standing there? You kind of just walked off, so... Well, I said everything I wanted to say, and then it sounded like you were going to continue talking, but they can't very well just leave you here. I mean, you could. You, you are that kind of person. Clearly I'm not, if I'm here. Come on, let's go back in to the main city of Ereveldum. And with that, I think that's where we're going to end it for this week's episode of Sword Art Online Odd. Wow. All right, foundlings, I want to adopt Charles the 27th. <laughs> so, foundlings, that was interesting. Snow is going to probably adopt Charles the 27th if she has the opportunity. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel bad for Mateo, the villain. I, yeah, well, listen, 
Anyway, foundlings, if you enjoyed this episode or you've been enjoying the series so far, please remember to leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcasting app that you are using because that really helps us to get discovered by other listeners. And also, if you want to support us in other ways, you guys can go to our website, missingroleplayerfound.com. That's missing, R-O-L-L, playerfound.com, and go to our merchandise store where you can get hats, t-shirts, and more. And you can also support us by going to our Patreon. That link is in the description below. Or you can go to bit.ly forward slash support M-R-P-F, and you can donate to us monthly. And you can get access to early releases of episodes and GM notes and maps. So, uh, yeah. And make sure you guys are following us on our social media accounts so you can stay up to date on all of our Missing Role Player Found news. That is on Twitter and Instagram at Role Found, Facebook Missing Role Player Found, or even on TikTok Missing Role Player Found and whatnot. And also, don't forget, you guys can join us in our Discord where that link is in the description below. You can hang out, play games, chat, etc. And also, did you guys know that we have a Twitch channel? We're on there, streaming at times, here and there. You know, that thing that we do. So that is Missing Role Player Found. Pretty much same spelling all across the board, guys. You, you should know it by now. And if you don't, shame on you. Learn how to spell. All right, foundlings, that's it for now. We will see you next, next week with Sword Art Online Odd. Bye. Bye. Hasta luego. I miss Wilson. <laughs>